1: The Box of Oddities is now a Castbox original. Castbox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to the Box of Oddities wherever you access your podcasts. But we hope you give Castbox a try. The curator is greatly pleased with Castbox, we think it's the best. the Unexpected As they lift the lid And cautiously peer inside The Box of Oddities
2: I'm pretty excited We, we booked our tickets to Nashville Last <laughs> night yeah, For the Nashville show
0: And uh, Super Jazz, we've both I've been looking at various topic options. Uh, We've been looking at various places that we want to visit while we're in Tennessee. I'm so excited.
2: We're such geeks because we go to a city and um, we're going to stay in in the area for a few days after the show and just visit and and get to know the place a little bit. But we're such geeks. Whenever we we plan a trip, the first thing we do is let's see what they have for museums. (laughs) And so far, our entire stay is centered around visiting museums
0: and where we'll have
2: breakfast and where we will eat <laughs> it's our first live show it's going to be on february 27th at Zane's comedy nightclub in nashville and there are still some general admission tickets available you can get them at our website
0: the theboxofoddities.com i okay I will say this very enjoyable holiday season. I am thrilled that it's wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I, you know, I always have mixed feelings about that because it's, there's so much going on. And, you know, I'm such a, uh,
2: Introvert? I guess, yeah. yeah. Sure.
0: And uh, so it, I love so much of what the holidays bring, uh, and then so much of it makes me just want to cry in sure. the fetal position.
2: Right, right, right. Well, so, well, it's, it's an anxious time.
0: It is. And
2: for people like you and I who have a certain degree of social anxiety, <laughs> um, when your house is full of people, some of which you know... It's a little stressful mm. at times, mm-hmm, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to things getting back to normal again. Well, as normal as they are for you and I. Sure. <laughs> All right. You go first. What you got for me?
0: Oh, I go first. Yes, you do. So I thought since we are at the beginning of a new year, and this is something that I've wanted to talk about for a while, we would discuss, uh, and it sounds so lame now that I'm saying it out loud, <laughs> we'd discuss calendars.
2: <laughs> you, you are a nerd calendars <laughs> all right okay so it's
0: no it's interesting the it odd is. and
2: mysterious <laughs> calendar all right
0: all right so obviously calendars the calendar that we use now isn't what we've always used and no um, we, we how, only
2: used it this year because it expired oh no, 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 no
0: i think that how things got their names and how things came to be is interesting okay so mm, here we go so Most of this came from uh, History.com and also Wonderopolis. Soon after becoming the Roman dictator, Julius Caesar said, okay, this calendar has got to change because it was the traditional Roman calendar. And... There were parts of it that just weren't working for the the world as it was anymore.
2: I, I just pictured Julius Caesar with a cat calendar. <laughs> you know, little cat hanging off a branch. Hang in there, baby.
0: Next year, I'm going to get goats. So introduced around the 7th century BC, the Roman calendar attempted to follow the lunar cycle, but it fell out of phase a lot and had to be corrected. Plus, because politics have always been politics, there were certain people who would abuse their authority by adding days to extend <laughs> political terms or interfering with election. It was like gerrymandering, but with days instead of locations. Fake calendar. Yeah. So Caesar enlisted the aid of Sosigenes who was an Alexandrian astronomer. And he advised him to do away with that lunar cycle entirely and follow instead the solar year like the Egyptians did. So the year was calculated to be 365 and one quarter days. And Caesar added 67 days to 45 BC to make 46 BC start on January 1st. Okay, I got you. Because up until then, the years had started in March.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Beware the Ides of March.
0: But that wasn't until later.
2: Okay, well.
0: Because he was still alive. Him. He was still alive. Right yeah, here. That's, okay. At Th- this point. I just. Not for long, though. No, yeah. Especially on the big scheme of things. Okay. Okay. He also decreed that uh, every four years that a day be added to February, thus theoretically keeping the calendar from falling out of step, which really was pretty incredible yeah. considering, I mean, how little I understand of anything.
2: Julius Caesar invented the leap year.
0: Yeah. Well he and his his bud Sosa Sosa Genese.
2: Genese S Dog. S Dog is what call they him. called him back in the days of Yore.
0: hmm He also changed the month of Quintilus to Julius after himself. Of course he did. Which I think is not cool.
2: No, no.
0: If someone else had said, let's call this month July. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, that's oh, that's so nice. Oh, no. I have I wouldn't have thought of that. You know, that's great. But for him to be like, "You know, what we should do um we should name this month after me.
2: Plus Quintillus is hard to spell.
0: Mm, that's valid. And later, the month of Sextilus was renamed Augustus, August, yeah. after his successor. In the Middle Ages, people actually stopped celebrating New Year's Day, um, and I imagine they started stopped celebrating a lot of things because it was the Middle Ages. Yeah,
2: it was a bummer of a time. <laughs> no Wi-Fi and
0: the Julian calendar didn't observe New Year's Day on January first, and that was because uh, Caesar and S Dog uh, <laughs> failed to calculate the correct value for the solar year as. days, Ah. not 365.25 days. So there was an 11-minute error that ended up adding seven days by the year 1000 and 10 days by the mid-15th century.
2: Okay. So we were way off. There are people showing up early for stuff all over the place,
0: right? But that's great because you could use that as an excuse to like not go to parties and stuff. You'd be like, "I'm so sorry, my yeah. calendar said." Yeah, my, was... <laughs> my calendar's fast. <laughs> so it was in the late 1500s that the Roman Church said, "Hey, this is an issue," and Pope Gregory the Eighth. Six, seven, yep, Uh, commissioned (laughs) Jesuit astronomer Christopher Clavius to come up with a new calendar. So it was 1582 and the Gregorian calendar was implemented. And that omitted 10 days for that year and established a new rule that only one out of every four centennial years should be a leap year.
2: Okay, I got you. So the official leap year was the Gregorian calendar.
0: Right, it was, yeah. And since that time, that's when people around the world said, hey, January 1st, it's New Year, we're we're doing this thing. Woo. So as we discussed, the uh, the year used to start in March, and the ancient Romans actually insisted that all wars cease during that time between the Old and the New Year. So some believe that the Romans named March after Mars, who is the Roman god of war. Sure,
2: that makes sense.
0: April's a little more questionable. There are theories that exist regarding the origin of the name. Some say that April got its name from the Latin word meaning second since April was at that time the second month of the year. Okay. Others claim that it comes from aperire, which is the Latin word meaning to open because it represents the opening of the buds and the flowers in the spring.
2: I thought you said up your rear and then it was the opening of the buds and the The opening
0: yeah. of the buds. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. April is the month of anal sex. Um, it's, <laughs> it's widely known. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh,
2: I love Anal Fool's Day. It's my favorite. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs>
0: sometimes, yep, mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Others think April is named after Aphrodite.
2: Okay, let's go with that. <laughs>
0: May was named after Maya, an earth goddess of growing plants, which makes sense. June, uh, June's always been a popular month for wedding, and so the Romans actually named June after Juno, who was the queen of the gods and the uh, the marriage lady. She was okay, yeah.
2: And it's it's interesting to note that June is still the big month for yeah. marriages. Isn't that interesting? It
0: really is. It's been forever. July, of course, now called July after Julius Caesar. Uh, Quintilis, the original name, meant fifth, basically, mm-hmm. um, which is the, the next few months kind of follow that pattern. So we think of September, October, November, December as nine, 10, 11, and 12. But at the time, they were seven, eight, nine, and 10, which is how they got their names. September comes from seven, October comes from eight, November comes from nine, December comes from uh, decem, which is Latin for 10. Okay. So around 690 BC, Numa Pompilus turned a period of celebration at the end of the year into the month into its own and named the month of February after the festival Februa, which is how February got its name it was a it was a big deal the celebrating the the beginning of the year and uh, January of course after Janus, uh, the god of beginnings and endings. It's interesting to note, though, that England and the American colonies continued to celebrate the new year on the date of the spring equinox in March. And it wasn't until 1752 that they slash we adopted the Gregorian calendar and started celebrating on January 1st.
2: I had no idea.
0: I didn't either. I assumed it
2: was... Always, you know, in right, the, in the since, colonies anyway. Right,
0: exactly. Uh, but it turns out, uh, especially Americans have always been like, no, we're going to do it our way, even though it's stupid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a long history of that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Unless it relates to bottles of soda, and then we're in.
2: Yeah. Or pop, depending on what part of the country you live in. True.
0: Anyway, that's a a brief history of uh, the calendars that we follow and the months and how they got their names. I think it's interesting. If you don't, uh, I I get it. Also, fuck off. Um,
2: (laughs) Well, there is that, Happy New
1: Year! (laughs) That thing on the side? No. It's that thing in the middle. It's time for the thing in the middle. The thing
0: in the middle.
2: Here are some uh, bizarre facts about machines and technology. Fun. Number five. The microwave was invented after a researcher walked by a radar tube and the chocolate bar and his pants melted.
0: Speaking of which, I found gum in the dryer the other day. Oh, well, that's never good. Not cool. Number four. The electric chair was invented by a dentist. That is very unnerving. I do not care for that at all. I've got to have my wisdom teeth taken out, by the way. I keep putting it off.
2: Yeah, you've canceled how many times? Four. Four times. I'm nervous. Yeah. Number three, 23% of all photocopier faults worldwide are caused by people sitting on them photocopying their butts.
0: That makes me so happy. <laughs> Number two, Hershey's kisses are called that because the machine that makes them looks like it's kissing the conveyor belt. <laughs> That's actual audio of yeah. the is machine really? making wow. Hershey's kisses So high tech Yeah
2: Kissing the conveyor belt sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it?
0: It does But for what, I can't decide
2: And number one, typewriter is the longest word that can be typed using the keys on only one row of a keyboard Oh, that's
0: interesting Yeah,
2: and ironic
0: Bonus fun fact, stewardesses is the longest word that's typed only using the left hand
1: Fascinating. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan Toth. We are
2: really excited to welcome Shutter to the Box of Oddities family of uh, sponsors, or actually, dysfunctional family of sponsors is probably a, a better description.
0: Shutter's incredible. If we can't figure out what to watch, we just go to Shutter, and there's everything.
2: Shutter is a premium streaming video service, uh, super serving fans of horror and thrillers. It's kind of like the Netflix. For horror, and we've been subscribers for over three years. If you're a horror fan and you don't subscribe to Shudder, you're not a real horror fan. Let's just be real. That's a little aggressive. It's a little aggressive, but um, I feel as though they deserve to be taunted for not subscribing to Shudder.
0: Plus, you can stream the unexpected on all of your favorite devices, including iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku. Android devices, and so much more.
2: And they're all ad-free. You know, if you're into slasher movies, they got them. You into zombies, they got them.
0: From uh, the old classics to modern favorites. And exclusive content as well. We're just finishing up Stephen King month on Shudder. Pet Cemetery, Cujo, Salem's Lot, and more. All found on Shudder. You know, Stephen King lives in Maine.
2: One of my all-time favorite horror films, and it kind of bleeds over into the sci-fi genre a little bit, is Phantasm. And you can watch that on Shudder. It's remastered and it's uncut.
0: Here's the cool thing. You can try Shudder free for 30 days. Go to Shudder.com and use promo code BOX. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R, Shudder.com, promo code BOX.
2: You listen to the Box of Oddities, my guess is uh, you're a horror fan. You really need to get Shudder. Try it out. 30 days free. Go to Shudder.com, promo code BOX. S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, promo code BOX. The Box of Oddities. Celebrity voice impersonated.
0: Um, You tell me a thing now.
2: I'll tell you a thing. My subject is nowhere near as lighthearted and fun as as yours. You remember about 30 episodes ago. (laughs) Barely. 30 episodes ago on Box 54, I talked about the crematorium
0: Yes, the one with Louisiana or... Uh,
2: Georgia, I think.
0: Yep, so, southern southern
2: United States. Where the gas man had come to fill up the uh, the propane tanks for the for the uh, ovens. Right,
0: on the gas man. The gas man. Yeah, on the, the gas, gas man. man. Okay, go.
2: And in the process of filling up the tanks, he, he discovered piles of bodies that were never cremated. And yeah, that you know, if you haven't listened to that episode, then it would be a good lead into this one. It's because rough. after we did that episode, mm-hmm. we got a lot of... Uh, comments and emails from people saying that's not the only time stuff like that has happened and, and in fact right after we aired that story a funeral home a couple of funeral homes in Detroit they found uh, dead babies in the ceiling right remember that yeah that was like two or three weeks after that episode had dropped well today we're gonna talk about the Memorial Mound in Alabama The Memorial Mound... I don't
0: like the sound of this at all.
2: ...is an underground burial mausoleum, or was anyway, and it was the vision of a guy named Clyde Booth. This is coming from AbandonedSoutheast.com. I'm also pulling from uh, The Mirror and The Daily Mail. So, Clyde Booth, he was a former gravedigger and also a construction engineer.
0: Uh, Real quick, that's my favorite song from Dave Matthews' band. Clyde Booth? Gravedigger.
2: Oh, Okay. When he was a young boy, he would dig graves with his uncle, and he witnessed firsthand unkempt graves and overgrown grounds, and um, he thought he could come up with a better burial idea. Okay. So in 1969, he began studying burial mounds and catacombs from Rome, Mm -hmm. as an example, as a hobby, because he was impressed that a lot of these things, after thousands of years or thousand years anyway, in many cases still existed and were still in good shape. So he thought, this is a good way to maybe go back to an original technique that that is time-honored and... That works. True and tested, yes. So at age 67, he set out to build his dream. He wanted to come up with a burial mound-type idea that would revolutionize internment of dead bodies. His hope was that people would come to visit for centuries, that it would last for centuries so, in 1990, Booth bought a parcel of land in Bessemer, Alabama, about 16-acre lot. His idea of an earth-covered mound would be like an underground version of the above-ground mausoleums that uh, you see pretty much everywhere. His idea was drawn from, from not only the ancient Romans, but Indian burial traditions, mm-hmm. but updated with modern technology to include uh, video information on the entombed. It officially opened in 1992. So it was a a really interesting design. It was dug 8 feet deep. Mm-hmm. The inside was much taller than that because it was a mound on top. Okay. From the outside it looked like a university cafeteria. Oh goodness. <laughs> so you just you'd walk down these steps into a big open reception area and there were many 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 glass doors in front so it was all light and airy inside and included in the burial mound was this reception area Um, there was also a little chapel area there there was a showroom for coffins
0: in my head i'm picturing the scene from phantasm
2: yeah kind of like that is it yeah Except that the, um, the coffins were not in individual slots. There okay. was an entire warehouse area where they would store the coffins just on metal slats on shelves. Okay. So you'd walk in and it looked like a Sam's Club, but with coffins everywhere from floor to ceiling. Okay. And people, loved ones, were not allowed in there. You could not go in. To that area it was sealed off in the chapel area outside of the entrance to the warehouse area there were plaques with people's names on them and that's where family members would come and honor their their okay. deceased loved ones it had separate wings on each side with metal racks for caskets and for cremated remains i may
0: need you to draw me a diagram
2: i actually have a photo yeah that's what it looks like on the outside
0: it looks like the entrance to a fun park. That's where you get your tickets to go
2: on the Alpine coaster. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It does. It looks like a fun diversion on an afternoon of vacation. There's a
0: turnstile. You have to go through it mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you get your tickets. And you
2: get a wristband Yeah, to, to get in.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Huh.
2: There were also areas that uh, stored embalming chemicals, sure. um, kerosene, cans and cans of kerosene that Why? they found in there. I don't know about that. No, I mentioned that he stored the caskets on racks. The highest ones up were 10 feet high. Uh, the more expensive ones were lower on the lower racks because prices were based on workers' accessibility.
0: I'm sorry. I just want to clarify. So you come in and there's this nice space. Yeah. I'm picturing kind of like uh, marble and benches and stuff. And you, you, you there's the plaques with the, pe- the dead people's names. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then you go into like a different room where people... Mourners are not allowed, and it's just stacks it's, of dead yeah. deadies in coffins.
2: Yeah, like I said, it looks a lot like uh, like a Costco or a Sam's Club or something where it's just floor to ceiling racks with the idea of filling them with coffins and cremated okay. remains. The average person could not get in there. That was just the storage area, essentially. So,
0: mm, okay, and it's underground.
2: Most of it's underground. It was dug eight feet down. And then it was built a little higher than ground level and covered with dirt. The racks for the coffins were as high as 10 feet, even though they only dug down eight feet. There was enough headroom above ground that they had built that allowed for for that. So there was a lot of headspace in there.
0: Why, what's the purpose of having the viewing area underground as well?
2: He wanted to uh, recreate the Indian burial customs and the Roman customs of having everything as much as possible underground. And, and it also left a smaller footprint. Okay. And he also thought it would um, it would survive longer that way. Sure, okay. The average price for burial costs were between $1,800 and $2,200. That included the grave space, the vault, the tombstone and uh, what they called opening and closing fees. His underground facility included a computer inside for relatives to view video and pictures of their deceased loved ones forever. Of course, in uh, 1992, when it opened, he was probably using a 380SX. That's a joke for you computer geeks. 16 megs of RAM.
0: I don't know what any of that means.
2: Another wing of the of the mausoleum was used to display wholesale his wholesale casket company. Um, in 96, four years... After it opened, with less than a dozen burials at Memorial Mound, they shut their doors. They still were accepting burials, but they weren't allowing people in.
0: Um, Isn't that kind of the point, though?
2: Yeah. He didn't operate it as a full-service funeral home, so he didn't have to abide by the Alabama Board of Funeral Service guidelines, and so he just, as a cost-cutting move, I guess, he just kind of discontinued the visiting hours so
0: if if you weren't cool with that were you allowed to take your loved ones bits elsewhere
2: yeah yeah I'm sure you could it doesn't say that anybody did that Clyde Booth believed that his financial failure his only getting 12 internments in four years was a conspiracy by local funeral homes who began recommending burial elsewhere Uh, the grounds remained secured And relatives were still able to visit for those few years. So I guess like between 96 and 2000, they could still visit, but they had to do it by appointment. Okay. By the year 2000, the doors were locked and Memorial Mound was closed for good as far as visiting went. They still did accept a couple of um, internments. Okay. So Clyde Booth sadly passed away in 2009 at the age of 89. He was living in Florida at the time. Memorial Mound became abandoned After his death and quickly fell into a state of neglect. There were property taxes that went unpaid for six years Mm -hmm. or so. And so the state took over the property, but they didn't maintain it. They just took possession on paper. So it fell into a state of neglect. Vandals tore apart anything that they could use for scrap metal because I guess one of the doors wasn't locked. And after a while, people figured that out and they just started letting themselves in urban explorers and things like that. Mm. But usually they just kind of went into the um,
0: the viewing space,
2: the the reception like area and maybe into the uh, the chapel area. That was until December of 2014 when an urban explorer got into the warehouse area. Oh, no. And there were still human remains in there. Sure. They had never been moved. Most of the burials came from local funeral homes, and many of the caskets were not sealed or were direct burials. This would be a big problem because it caused the bodies to break down and fluids to leak from the caskets. Local authorities knew that Memorial Mound for years had been neglected, But they didn't know that uh, a lot of the bodies had there was
0: seepage. Yeah,
2: they hadn't been properly prepared or they were in the process of it when things just kind of came to a a standstill. So this urban explorer who only goes by the name Bullet posted photos online of the remains of uh, seven bodies, one an infant inside the mausoleum. It was still in there. There are a couple of the photos that he posted. Well, that's decomposed, rude. Decomposed bodies just lying in bags inside of boxes in uh, in this mausoleum.
0: Now, did he feel like he was kind of doing a Geraldo style expose yeah. and uh, he wasn't doing it for the gross out factor? Like, look what I found, dudes. He thought he was like breaking the case.
2: Yeah, he actually uh, they they made an anonymous call to the local police department, but nothing nothing happened. Oh, there was no follow up. And so ultimately he posted the photos on his blog and they started to make their way around and the FBI got involved. Aha. And so they shut the place down. I mean, well, they secured it. It was shut down. They they taped it off and they put guards there to make sure that uh, nobody else would get in because that skull right there uh, in this picture uh-huh. of this body. By the time FBI authorities had secured the area, somebody had come in and stolen that skull. But the word got out that you could get in and see these bodies, but before the FBI got involved, sure, people in the urban explorer community were scudle down there and checking it out, and not everybody had uh, respect for.
0: Yeah, um, and I think that it's unfair to because so often you know urban explorers are respectful and yeah. just want to see and and learn and you know check it out
2: i'm totally on board with urban exploring
0: right uh but then there are dicks yeah you know uh who just get into whatever and have no respect for anything
2: so the remains of one infant and seven bodies were removed by authorities and taken to the coroner's office until families could determine final arrangements once the bodies were removed uh the mausoleum was sealed shut
0: well it's about time you'd think it would have been secured long before then I don't understand
2: yeah I mean it wasn't difficult to access I mean it was all right there it was in a relatively populated area yeah. and um, the entrance was at street level but nobody tried the doors for years they just assume it was locked up so more of these pictures were posted uh, they reveal a, a series of caskets some empty some in- inhabited. A map of the underground structure, a chapel room where families would lay their loved ones to rest, mm-hmm. even a shot uh, showing cupboards still stocked with embalming powder. Others showed yellowish skeletal remains. Bullet, the guy who took these pictures, the urban explorer, said it was pitch black inside the mound when, uh, when they, he and his friends went in to explore Bullet added, quote, people can't believe that bodies can be left behind in abandoned buildings, especially in the United States. Uh, There were more bodies up in the caskets above, but we could not reach them. Some friends and I tried reporting it to local police, but they never responded. It wasn't until another friend of mine reported it to the FBI, citing grave robbers, that something was finally done. But by then, somebody had stolen the skull from this picture. Probably made a bong out of it. Gross. I'm just saying people can be awful. I guess if you're going to steal a human skull, it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibilities, turning it into a bong. (sighs) So it was January of 2015 that AL.com became aware of the facility, reported it to authorities, and that is when the remains were removed. One authority said, it still amazes me that something like this could occur. This type of stuff happens here in the U.S., which many people find hard to believe. For example, the Morning Glory scandal, which happened in Jacksonville in 1988, that involved, quote, burying, unquote, bodies by stacking them in closets inside the funeral home. Now, that incident uh, led to more regulation in the in the funeral industry, but stuff like this still does happen. Sure. It's crazy. I looked into the Morning Glory scandal thing. That's a whole other... Oof. I hate to say can of worms, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's that. They would just put bodies in closets. But... Pile them up in like the basement rooms and stuff and I don't understand I don't get it that seems like more work and more to deal with in the long run than just properly burying these Absolutely.
0: people Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean I've smelled decomposing body. It's not It's pleasant. not nice. No.
2: Yeah, that's a whole story unto itself. Mm. Mm. Maybe you can tell that sometime.
0: Ooh. Maybe <laughs> the story of why cat hates parades.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> You'll need to send her encouragement to tell that story. (laughs) It does involve dead bodies and a parade. So there you go. Anyway, the bodies, of course, were moved out. Mm -hmm. Last I heard, all but three had been claimed by relatives and reinterred.
0: Do we know about the headless guy? Was that body like, I mean, did the family...
2: I don't know which which was which. I don't know if Ugh. if if the family if that was one of the ones that wasn't claimed. That would be the, awful. They were all identified. There were there were, you know, identifying records there sure. with them. So they didn't have a problem figuring out who these people were. In fact, their names are available online.
0: I just hope that headless corpse was one of the unclaimed. Yummy yeah, too. That's like the best thing that I can wish out of this whole horrible thing. Yeah, <laughs> which is a weird wish, but meh.
2: But it's a nice wish, though. Thank you. I think it's it's lovely to want people to have the skull of their loved one's corpse back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: not smell like bong resin.
0: It's a simple thing. Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, yeah. So <laughs> after they got everybody out of there, the property actually went up for sale. Oh. And I have not been able to see anywhere. Uh, Ooh, if somebody bought it or if they just demoed it or what the current state of the um
0: now that's an interesting thought because if the if the structure itself is solid mm-hmm. you know you could do some neat
2: things with that like an escape room
0: an escape room would be cool
2: that would be creepy as fuck a arcade <laughs> an arcade would sure. that be
0: disrespectful I don't know yeah I'm torn I want to turn everything into an arcade I don't know
2: that's one of the reasons I love you so much. <laughs> So there you go. The Memorial Mount, uh, Clyde Booth's creation in Bessemer, Alabama. Weird. Mm.
0: That was fun. Thank you. I mean, not fun, not but fun, you know. But yeah,
2: interesting. Very. It came down, in this case, it came down to uh, him just dying and nobody taking yeah. care of it after 2009. There was no indication that I could find that there were issues with uh, lack of care leading up to that point, he had just closed the doors and stopped accepting. Um, sure. So it, it could have been that things were deteriorating.
0: Yeah. And you think about um, you know, this situation seemed to be some. A result of things just kind of falling through the cracks. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, so no one was assigned to take care of this after he kicked it and whatever. But you think about how many times human beings, like living human beings with needs, fall through the cracks. That's true. And, you know, that happens every single day in every single city. So it just makes me... I guess think about the ways that we can help the, the living people because the dead people, they, I mean.
2: Unless you make you know, their skull into a bong, they're, they're not really helpful. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> what I'm saying is that sometimes we have big feelings about remains when possibly we should be more concerned about those who still remain. Stop it. Don't That's, make it a thing. That, it's
2: a thing. You made it a thing. You
0: made it a thing. Yeah, you did.
2: Anyway, there you go. So there's that. There's that. (laughs) Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. 2019. Yeah. That's going to take me a while to get used to saying.
2: Our next show will be our first show of 2019 that will drop on Thursday.
0: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
1: Fly it proudly, you freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.